I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh. Got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 168 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Ooh. That's the sound of cans back in the studio. Craig, there's one there for you. Don't let make sure Thanks, you don't miss man. it. Thanks, man. Fine with water for the next five minutes. All right, so uh, that's, hydrated that's spilling all over the gaff. Uh, so Craig's <laughs> yeah, it's almost back. like you're unprofessional. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah, Craig's we're back. both back. We're back from Norway. We'll get into that. Yes. You got a tan. You got a serious no, time. I think Norwegian I time. Red and flustered from getting over here. I think being you like late as per time. usual. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I did. We were out off. I, I definitely about. think you got a time. It's very cloudy though, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. Tahi Odroni. Hello, how are you? How are you? You good, yeah? I'm good, I'm doing well. I'm doing uh, well. I guess before we get to our special guest today, we have one in, in studio who's going to be very silent until we introduce him because that's yes. how, that, that's the power game that we play. That is a power game. Let's talk about last week's episode. You did a documentary. Great title as well. Are you still at the music? Should in we which... not introduce the guest before? No, I'm, I'm, I'm already on this, this wavelength. That's All right, happening. okay, okay, cool. We'll, we'll keep it brief, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sat down with uh, composers and producers in the world of music, and it was a terrific episode. It was unlike anything we've ever done before, and the reaction was universally positive. It was great. Yeah, Thank you for all the messages that people sent in. Uh, it was very, very encouraging, because it was kind of a bit of a nerve-wracking thing to do. Of course. Um, and it's a, geez, it's just a shit ton of work. <laughs> I don't know, like, how, like, the guys like This American Life and that stuff, like, do... The 
them like consistently. It's just mm. an insane amount of work. But uh, yeah, it was great. It was really, really good. Um, shout out to the guests as well, Emer Noon, Dennis Kilty, and Kieran Birch. Congratulations to Kieran Birch as well, the guy who made the um, Avengers Endgame trailer music. He's getting married in about a week or two weeks' time. Hey. I've so, had my uh, fill of weddings. <laughs> Love is truly in the air. But congratulations. But so, yeah, so congratulations to, yeah, to Kieran. Um, I was lovely, fascinated, lovely genuinely fascinated hearing well, the insights great. on all yeah. occasions. Really, really lovingly put together. Dahi worked so hard on the episode and it was very, very nice to see the, like I say, like a gushing reaction from yeah. listeners and from people who've never heard the show before. Yeah. Uh, please stay, by the way. <laughs> what I will say like, is that... Yeah, um, yeah, like held down the fort, you built an extension on the fort, then you sold the fort <laughs> and like moved to a better place and now we're like, Dahi, come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's okay that we're back, right? Like, like, oh, uh, I mean, 100%, you're allowed, you're allowed back in the shed. Like, Thanks, yeah, 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 yeah. But now it's but, branded but to be fair, Dahi's like, yeah. no encore. Yeah. We, we definitely do want to do more of them, 100%, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure that you make sure that the listeners realize that it's not going to be a fucking weekly it can't thing, be a weekly sure. enterprise it's a really it takes fair, a long time I mean like Doggy put this all together while he was putting together his life set for Forbidden Fruit which we'll also <laughs> get to in a minute uh, and yeah like really worked your ass off on it I think the end product shows it it's uh, like the potential we have now to do stuff like this absolutely I want to explore it it all depends on having the right idea and the right people to talk to and do right. it the right way uh, yeah. I think you've absolutely set the bar and we're going to do our best to continue but like I say it won't be every single week, listener. Please enjoy our brand of music-based banter uh, until then. <laughs> but we will absolutely continue down that vein, for sure. And thank you to everyone for all your lovely, lovely feedback. One person who I know really enjoyed it is sitting opposite me in the studio. Hey, <laughs> His name is Sean Arthur, also known as Mr. Amsterdam, also known as Kavina! <laughs> yeah. He's in the studio. Get in. Do for I the first time ever, right? Yeah, first, first time. Do I clap myself? Uh, yes. yes. You do clap yeah. yourself, yeah. Bit yeah. late now. Thanks. Well, that wasn't <laughs> obnoxious enough. That was no. too. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> was on yeah, my own. Yeah. Felt uncomfortable. <laughs> we have featured Kamina's music on the show quite recently. You've just dropped a brand new EP. Yeah. You've also been getting lots of lovely messages. How yeah. do you feel? Yeah, good. It was nice. It's nice to have it out. It was a bit weird initially because uh, it was something I worked on for like three years, I guess. Mm. And a couple of times I was like, "It's never coming out." And then I released it, and I think I actually texted Dave about the day, or he texted me the day it was coming out. I was like, "How do you feel?" And I was like. Glad it's over. And <laughs> yeah, then it yeah. actually isn't over. It's like the next phase of it. You have to start emailing everybody and doing the horrible yeah, part of it. Pushing, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was really good. The feedback's been really good. And like occasionally you get like these really random nice messages off people who are like, oh, this song really connected. And yeah, yeah, a, yeah, That yeah, actually yeah. is the main But I mean, thing. I think that's one of the main takeaways from it, right? As well, it's like the two, some of the, the two most interesting things about that record is, is basically how you worked with the vocalists and yeah. the idea that each song was based off a poem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it came from like, uh, I'd worked on a, ton of music for about a year after doing a lot of live sets and it was a lot more uh, I suppose club orientated or something it was a lot more uh, rhythmic and then I just had no desire to do it it just didn't make any sense it felt disconnected from what I actually listened to or what I enjoy doing and then uh, I started I think my laptop crashed at some point and I just said I'm done with music I'm not doing it anymore started writing these poems as like a pain teenager would do or like watch <laughs> Dead Poets Society too many times and started writing just kind of ideas down. I didn't really know what they were and then I had worked on this one particular bass sound that just like enters the second or third song Knots with a uh, participant on it mm. oh. and I was like oh that could be something I don't know what that is and then I was talking to Steve Tiernan sent him this poem and I was like do you think you could sing these words over this weird bass sound? And he's like, well, no, because it's not a song. So I said, I'll come back to you when it's a song. And then I sent it to him. But then I was—I had all these ideas and all these poems. And so I had worked a lot with other vocalists on their music. And then I was saying, okay, the one thing I hate is when somebody just puts together a record of 
names but there's no connection between them it feels like a mixtape rather than a a, a piece of music hmm. it's like uh, if you go back to Subtract's first album I always reference that as like the perfect electronic music album because he has like Sampha on it and Jesse Ware but none of them sound the same but they all fit together yeah, yeah. And so I was like mm. uh, such a cohesive record yeah it's so good. smooth and everything gels and I was like what can I do to create a thread so if they're not going to sound the same and if the music's going to be quite different all the way through I was like if there's like my voice being interpreted by somebody else by giving them these poems it might be a bit more cohesive yeah. and I think it did in the end actually luckily enough I did have a few vocalists I scrapped because they didn't fit with it so that was that was a an interesting one. They're in the bank. It just says blackmail if they ever uh, go against <laughs> nice me. Nice to have. Always good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, if there's any sound to like pique your interest in music again, like that bass sound is pretty phenomenal. Like oh, that thanks. immediately was yeah. interesting to me. Like when you have these very, I guess, personal poems coming from a kind of fragile time in your life. Yeah. And you don't quite have the music worked out. What's it like then approaching people to go? Can you interpret my innermost thoughts and like? Yeah. Well, that actually, a a choker. Yeah, it was difficult and actually steered in. Stephen was really nice about it. He was like, uh, so positive about the the first one I sent him that uh, we'd be pretty good friends. So I, I felt quite comfortable opening up yeah, to him about yeah, it. it was a good way in. And then he was so positive about it. I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. And actually the one that sealed the deal on it was uh, Stacey, who goes under the name The Sea or The yeah, Say. Uh, amazing. She uh, was singing backing vocals for Talos at a gig in Connolly's that I was playing at as well. And uh, I was like, would you mind reading this stuff if I send it on to you and listen to the track and she just wouldn't respond and I was like oh no this has gone horribly wrong and then she came over to Amsterdam for something completely different we were sitting having a beer and I was like look it's completely okay if it was like terrible or if you didn't like it. she was like no it like really spoke to me and I need to figure out what I want to do with it and I was like so far every Stephen had just used my words word for word and then uh, Stace came back actually with like an answer. And I remember getting like super emotional when, because the song uh, Does It is a series of questions originally, where I was kind of questioning my inability to get a hold of my mental health and like whether it would ever get better. And she like answers that in her poem. And then I was like, oh, that was really upset. <laughs> I was upset. She was upset. We were all upset. I'm but, upset. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really nice. It was like somebody actually got it. And I was like, wow, if she can interpret that so well and she felt it was like cathartic for her and it was like this really nice connection and so then that kind of spurred me on if I can get that much out of the first two songs I wonder what the other ones could do yeah it's amazing and rolled into it so yeah really pleased with it I it's think. really really beautiful work uh, four poems EP available now on all your platforms uh, go to Spotify so that Sean can get approximately 17 yeah. cents he's under, in about four zero, months he's under Mr. Amsterdam yeah. Yeah. 0.0007 per stream yeah if it's fucking a 0.1 second you're getting paid more than I am what the fuck is going on uh, lads independence <laughs> We're back now. We're going to have some decorum in the studio. Um, I guess that was a very short interview, so to make up for it, why don't you just stay for the whole episode? Yeah, Yay! Yeah, there you go. Uh, I guess coming back to your episode really quick for a moment, Dahi, I mean, the shortest episode in No Encore history at about 41 and a half minutes. Yeah, if yeah. everyone went to go over an hour, like, you have to cut the shite, like, do you know what I mean? You have to really, like, cut what these, like, to cut it down. It's all about the story. It's all beginning, middle to end. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, very, like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, I'll defend yeah. it. I'll defend it to the death. There was a narrative arc. I was saying, the point I was going to make was that like this episode by comparison is probably going to be about like two hours long. There's so, so much that there's happens. There's to talk about. Let's, so let's jump in. Okay, we're going to get to Norway where Craig and I went for Cullum Regan's wedding. Amazing. Uh, new listeners to the show, if there is any, hello, how's it going? Hey! Hey. Well, hey! What else <laughs> is this? Um, 
Uh, we were a three-piece for some time. Colin Regan was our was our third man on the show, the third man himself. Uh, he left at Christmas. He's no longer coming back, but he'll occasionally appear on the show. I'll try and get him on the show and sometime. We'll see if I can do if I can pull those strings. Might uh, even appear on this. Very I don't show. think so. Like, <laughs> yeah, like way to spoil it there, Craig. Uh, anyway, we went to Norway for Colm's wedding, and we'll tell you all about that in a few minutes' time. We are still a music podcast, so let's keep it music. Forbidden fruit, Dahi. I missed it tragically yeah. because tragically. I was away in Norway. Well, that was the reason why I missed uh, Colm's wedding as well because I had been booked for a gig on the Sunday. And I'll say this, it would have been would have looked pretty bad if that had been an empty tent. If but that it, had been an empty tent. But instead, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the Instagram stories. It, it was, was overflowing. It was overflowing. Yeah. We needed a bigger tent. It was great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the second time that we've done a festival with the full band. The last time was like Cozy Out Body and Soul. So it's got this name for itself now where I'm basically advertising that gig as a separate thing. Yeah. And people go mental for it. Like Sinead White is singing for the whole thing, basically. And uh, I've Alex Ridley, who's a big fan of the show, shout out to Alex uh, playing drums as well and then Elaine and myself were doing like synthesizer stuff and then we also got Alva Ready out for the new single Submarines so um, it was just so much fun and once everything starts running up we have like a 15 minute changeover to get everybody set up and it's like really stressful and I'm just like standing on stage and I think like just before I played they they played like Robin dancing on my own so I have to open to fucking Robin dancing (laughs) on my own and like the entire audience waiting for the gig were singing that song so I was just like for fuck's sake what the fuck am I going to do she's had her day Uh, she's had her day <laughs> she could have played that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's coming for a crown. Uh, uh, but yeah, so it was it was great. Thank you so much to everybody who came out. Actually, while I was setting up as well, somebody was was shouting, "There will be no encore in the crowd." Who was good. that person? What? I have no idea. I, I, I looked up. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, he flew back over. I spirited myself. Yeah, uh, astral projection. But yeah, it, it looked pretty band. good. How it was, was how was the rest of the festival? Because uh, there were some clashes. Skepta, whose album we're going to review on this episode, he clashed with John Hopkins. Yeah, I didn't see any Skepta. I thought you would go to John Hopkins. Did you behave yourself this time at an electronic gig? That's the question. I can neither confirm nor deny that I enjoy. I, I, I remember much of John Hopkins, but I can remember it being very, very good. So that okay. was great. Oh, okay. uh, who else was good? Uh, Empressov was good, but it was in the middle of the day and a completely empty crowd. Oh, like it was okay. absolutely nothing. She thieved from you, I believe. She did thieve from me. Explain. Uh, so a mate of uh, mine, uh, Colm, who we've mentioned before in the podcast, who's from Iceland, he... Um, basically sent myself he's and from Cork and Brent, he's from Cork he's from Cork <laughs> he, lives, he lives in Iceland he sent us a message going like hey uh, my mate is over in um, in Dublin for Forbidden Fruit uh, this is her and like introduced her with her name and everything and uh, was just like uh, she's over for the night and she's looking for something to do fucking Empress of and oh like I was, I was like what the fuck so then uh, Brendan was like oh uh, uh, why don't you just head to Lucky's and we'll go get a pizza and get some beer and so she was going to bring her and her um her uh, bandmate and her tour manager so they arrive in in Lucky's and the pizza place is closed down I haven't eaten at all all day so I was like fuck this I've, before I go in I go, I go and get some chips so I get like classic like Liberty's chips with like a curry sauce and I bring it in and bad uh, etiquette uh, welcome to Dublin no we're allowed to bring it in apparently there was a whole thing at bad Lucky's etiquette to all involved <laughs> I think it was a nice it was <laughs> good An absolute debacle <laughs> bringing chips into a pub man. I don't know. So it's a big it's a big thing when, the, when Lucky's Pizza is closed they tell you you can bring in some food from across the road if you want to so okay. it's like it's a part of the whole thing but anyway so I bring it in and she's like uh, she's like what's that and I was like oh it, it's chips and curry <laughs> sauce and she was she was like that, that's not curry sauce I don't know what the fuck that looks like <laughs> so she's like can I try a bit so she tries a chip first and she's like why, why are they so soft like and, or like so big and stuff and I was like 
grand Irish potatoes it's grand and uh, and then she like I did I ham up oh, the Irishes when yeah. I got to anybody who brought his man anyway I, then she like dips into the curry sauce and like her eyes just like light up and she's like what is that amazing and then she like continued to eat the entire packet of chips in front of me without Jesus. like doing anything. I also like how you like she was entrusted to you it's like oh Dahi's totally cool blah, blah, blah. but it sounds <laughs> yeah. like she inadvertently stumbled into probably the most hardcore like one of the few hardcore Dublin fans do you know what I mean yeah yeah That's yeah, yeah. exactly like yeah yeah and then yeah and and like I was I had to I was playing the after party afterwards so I just had to like run off afterwards so yeah. I got no fucking food what a night and Prasov stole my chips so how was the rest of the festival it looked like fairly missable I guess Um, it was it was good I heard Pillow yeah. Queens had a nightmare I heard there was like really Pillow Queens, Pillow Queens had a really tricky time but it was like one of those things where it was like a string broke like as soon as they got on stage kind of thing but like everything that they did play they like powered through really really well and everything Um, so it, despite that it was kind of like a pretty good show Soda Blonde was an interesting one I haven't seen Soda Blonde yet it's the new Little Green Cars uh, their, managers oh, yeah. playing, their managers are playing a fucking blinder aren't they uh, yeah. Yeah. Late Late one, Show uh, which it's Little Green Cars Madness 1 yeah. uh, yes exactly ah, yeah, okay. yeah 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 uh, so Faye is kind of the lead singer now and everything okay. but uh but it's a really interesting one because they haven't released anything really yet but they're getting like a massive amount of radio play yeah. they're on the Late Late Show uh, the tent was absolutely packed like it's really like picked up on a thing they bust um, in people yeah <laughs> no but it was quite interesting beloved. because, because <laughs> while, while I listened I was like oh, god I'm gonna have to like hear these on record beforehand or something because I was just like I, I, like the music I wasn't really sure about for a certain amount of time I mean they're all like these like absolutely incredible musicians so like they were so on point and like vocals are fucking incredible and the yeah. whole thing but I didn't have any emotional attachment to the tracks at all yet and I didn't Fair. actually hear like a very a very distinct through line or anything like that so um, so that was kind of a bit weird Earl Sweatshirt was very good had a bigger crowd than Danny Brown so like people yeah. apparently like Earl Sweatshirt mm. more than like Danny Brown I guess that makes sense fading out though right he hasn't really yeah, yeah he's, he's been, been kind of dropping he didn't even half fill the main stage I'm not surprised wow. it was really he's really been surprising and he's been over a few times and been over a few times he in friendly mode the time that we were in Forbidden Fruit yeah, yeah that's right like half hour singing a um, there was a uh, Ross from Friends was very good uh, like a three piece kind of electronic act Um the main stage was kind of interesting because it never actually filled like fully, fully, fully. And then on Monday, I, I've got a I went question in. about Monday. Yeah, on the day when glorified pub band Elbow <laughs> did their thing. Before them, though, another glorified pub band did their thing. I have a question for you, Dolly. For what died the sons of Roshin? For what died the sons of Roshin? Was it greed? Was it greed? That was the top of the banner it of was Fontaine's the, DC. Not only that, before they came out, there was a full Luke Kelly poem for what dies the sons of Roshin I'm play out over the whole thing. I'm embarrassed to hear it. Um, the crowd was... A I saw somebody film. online going like, oh, it's so good to see like so many young people at the Fontaine show is really thing that is bullshit there was like nothing but like bald heads all over the place lads in leather jackets who like you'd only see at a U2 concert and it was like a really noticeable difference in the crowd where like there was a very specific person that this was catered to and was they it were the, having sorry, a good time uh, was it the white guy with dreads was it uh, there was a white guy with dreads as yeah. well uh, but there, and there but and to be fair like I mean it was a good show the problem is that the hype is overtaking the bad I saw but, a like, video of it and the guitarist was sitting on a speaker stack and I, I just thought it was embarrassingly bad they also did <laughs> The, I've uh, made my decision on this band. I, I know. I know. Musicians I know. should never do that. But you see, this is the thing. It's <laughs> like at the cancelled. end of the day, it was it was a genuinely good good show. It was yeah. like a well put on show. They did they did put on like a main stage rock band show. And um, there was a huge mosh pit. People were really really into it. It was a genuinely enjoyable gig. But uh, like of course, like the hype is just just the hype train is just fucking way too big. Like. Yeah. But uh, it, it genuinely was a good show. I, I don't have any complaints about the show at all. I all wish right. I did so that I could really like juice it up and like stuff. But like. 
Yeah. Too nice, Dahi. That's your problem. Too nice, that's my problem. They managed yeah. to stop the rain at some point as well, didn't they? They did, so yeah, yeah, yeah. tweeted that, I saw. <laughs> or, yeah, they stopped <laughs> yeah. the rain and then brought it back just for, yeah, for yeah. that just line for the, of yeah, the yeah, Dublin yeah. in the rain. Is yeah. yeah, it's cool. It was a whole thing. I was offered a free ticket on the Monday. And before I went to Norway on the Thursday proceeding, I was like, oh, I might go. I might go to Finfield. Let's see how I feel. never going to happen. <laughs> Let's see how I feel on the Monday. <laughs> how did you feel on the Monday, Greg? Not great. Hold on a second. Into the mic, into the mic. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Not very good. Uh, I guess, why don't we go back on a trip? Take it away, Beach House. That's right. Colm Regan got married. Congratulations to Colm and to yes. Nina, his bride. It was a very fun occasion. We went over on Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Came back on Monday morning very, very early. Two flights to get there. Two flights back. What were your highlights, Craig? One of mine was on the way over when you woke up from a bit of a slumber on the first flight to see me and Yosef. Shout out to Playing Yosef, Nintendo Switch. Playing Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adorable. Awesome. And we had the volume of full blast. It was the most obnoxious thing ever. <laughs> it was more innocent time, I think, on that trip, wasn't it? It was just like, we were all full of hope. Yeah. And, um, then we got down and the flight was delayed and Yosef was kind of sweating. About, a, a bit about this because he's a good organiser and to his credit he organised the whole thing thank you Yosef much love Fair play to brother uh, Yosef. but we got to the fucking airport and it was like a changeover so we flew to Oslo and we had to like, get another flight to Bergen and like it was leaving out like in like 10 minutes or whatever and there was this kid who by the way wouldn't shut the fuck up for the flight over <laughs> which was a nightmare uh, and he was coming down the steps one by one like taking his time as we were on the shuttle bus and I could just see like the sweat run down Yosef's face <laughs> we had to like leg it through the fucking place but we managed to actually get through on time yeah uh, it was all good stopped at security Craig had to take a shoe off oh, the whole thing yes. managed to get to the duty free got some beers gone on it was all good but we're sitting there and we're a bit flustered we're all kind of sweating and a bit roasting we're sitting down and I think Yosef was like Craig do you have the um, the itinerary details of these flights and Craig was like yeah yeah I have it here somewhere and then Craig takes out his boarding pass and was like here it is and Yosef was like that's your boarding pass <laughs> and Craig was just so befuddled and baffled and like I thought that, I thought that was it I, no 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 I didn't think that was it I thought it might have the, the time on yeah. the boarding pass What's the I, knew what I, I don't doing. know the difference. What's the difference between a board and pass and I? It didn't have all of our flights for the whole trip. On uh, no, no, no. It wasn't a different flight. It was the arrival time. It just didn't have. Or yeah, it, was, it just didn't have when it was going to arrive. It had departure. Okay. Yeah. You so looked it was panicked. actually fine. Was it though? Yes. <laughs> As for Norway, got there on night one. Immediately taken to. Uh, Are we going through all of I'm this? Just, in well, terms I'll, of, I'll, like, I'll, 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 I'm just. What can we say? I'll like, say this. <laughs> we, we went to we went to Cullum's in-laws' gaff on night one, and like I thought it was going to be like you know because we got the invite to go and I was like oh I'm sure it's going to be them and us like very chill very quiet no it was like all of the fucking family massive party people in from like America and stuff and it was just like what the hell there was, was going a on? jukebox at like there was a jukebox downstairs so Jesus. it turns out Cullum's new father-in-law used to work for a company that made machines arcade machines and jukeboxes and when he retired he, he said like, wow. I want one of I those. want a machine that's my retirement they gave him a jukebox yeah. so in the basement <laughs> entire pension is the Eddie Rockets jukebox in 1950s basement, classics in the basement, right? It had like the, it had like the best of Elton John and like '90s hits, seven and that kind of stuff, right? So Yosef uh, was fascinated by this machine. He was like, "We gotta get this thing on. We gotta get, we, we gotta get this thing moving."
driving. And I was like, I don't know, man. We just got here. <laughs> like, Stealing the man's pension. Uh, the, oh, also, sorry. But shoe, the evening was going that way. Shoeless gaff, by the way. Shoeless gaff. So you go in and it's like, take your shoes off. And I was kind of freaking out because I'll, I'll be honest, guys, my feet were kind of reeking. It's and normal, I was like, normal. oh, fuck. Yeah, so normal, I was like, is normal. there a bathroom here? So I washed my feet in the sink. Oh, God. Mary oh, Magdalene very style. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that put on a new pair of socks, you know? Because I was like, what are you going to do? Like, walk around my feet. It's a good thing you had a good, like, a new pair of spare pair of socks. Always come for Dave, I did offer to wash them for you. But you declined. Back to the jukebox. Uh, at one stage, like we're upstairs, music started playing upstairs, and then music started playing downstairs. And then there was this commotion of like the jukebox is on, we gotta go down. So we go down the stairs. Yosef has somehow managed to get the jukebox on. There was two young lads there who turned up later, and they and they literally like were just awestruck. And they were they were saying, "We've been coming here for for twenty three years. He's never put on the jukebox before." <laughs> it takes three fucking lads from Ireland to come over and get the jukebox. Yeah. On. Did you just put a coin in it? Is that no? Not he, oh, no he, he gave us credits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I stuck on like fucking boys to men. Some George I, Michael some going. George, we got Jesus to a child Jesus playing. To yeah, yeah, across the house. But there was also the kind so of vibe don't. of like it was a little bit get out by the end of the thing when I was like, oh, how are we going to get home? Like, I mean, we don't even know where we're going. And no Yosef was trying to ring a cab and, and nobody was answering. And then they were like, we'll get you a cab. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of that later. And it was very later. much that like, comes later. It was very much like, Rose, give me the keys, Rose. <laughs> like, <laughs> I so, feel like the whole trip was like that because everything bit, is so yeah. idyllic and perfect and people yeah. are so it's nice. It's such a beautiful city. I was there once before. Like, yeah. The home of Jack and Jones. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I didn't see a single outlet. Uh, got Home to the gaff. Secret also. Home Secret, yeah. Got to the gaff at half two in the Very morning simple. and we didn't know how to get into the gaff. Turns out we were at the wrong one for about 20 minutes in the rain. <laughs> and I was like, what are we going to do? This is fucking death. There's nowhere to go. We're in the middle of nowhere. And, and <laughs> Craig goes, Dave, look up. And I looked up and like, it's like, this pitch black spikes all over the place, which are these mountains against this blue, black, black blue sky, and it's the most ominous thing ever. And I was terrifying. like, this isn't helping, Craig. Found the gaff. The gaff was uh, horrific. It was like, like no, it was. Airbnb. It was, okay. it was a traditional wooden house, right? And it was like designed by like Joseph Fretzel or something. It was just really it like had scary. character. That sounds lovely. The <laughs> main bedroom had like a side room with bunk beds in it, but it was less a side room and more of like a crawl space with no door that I whacked my head off the fucking arch of a million times. It was and it was just it, like okay, I, I it wasn't horrific, but it was a scary little gaff. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit scary. Sleepy little town. The utilities were fine. So yeah, that was we, main. we found a cool bar. Do you want to tell them about the cool bar? Um. Oh yeah, no stress. It was what it was called and it's like one of the most recommended um places there and for good reason because it just plays incredible hip-hop constant and g-funk yeah it's we were there for three days in a row we went every day every yeah every time we were there they they repeated what two songs maybe about that yeah about that but, but it was like, so it was just good like yeah. almost never put a foot wrong yeah. Yeah. and just chill we had a spot we had a spot <laughs> yeah, classic yeah, irish nice. tourist move oh we found somewhere nice let's stay let's there oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah but it was so good though and at one stage i was like is that a slowed down version of jet black by anderson pack it is and it was yeah and then i was like is that in Enjoy yourself by A+, <laughs> which isn't on any streaming platforms. <laughs> so that was all good. The wedding itself was what pretty a good. dork. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's not on any streaming platform. <laughs> Bet you it was on the listen, jukebox, though. Listen, makes a unique episode once, yeah? <laughs> it was a week ago. We've all moved on. And it's not on any fucking stream platforms, okay? And that's a problem, because it's a good fucking How was, how was the wedding Wedding itself? was good, yeah. Priest, yeah, was, was fine, yeah. Priest was on one, wasn't he? Yeah, he wanted everyone to come back in 50 years. Yeah. And he kept going on about it. We like, <laughs> Marriage is barely 50 seconds old. Big he's commitment. Talking about the 50 um, see if the wedding lasts. He yeah, bigged nice. up the founder of Ikea and Hillary Clinton. 
And I was like, who's next? The Jordan, heavy hitters. Jordan Peterson? Like, 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 where's he going with this? But it was good. Cullen was in his element. Very, very happy. You've never seen so. a man command a room better. He looked like a fucking pro wrestling manager. I would great, say great, great speech. I'd say, he's such a speech giver. Like, yes. he's got, like, Cause we went to the, like, the reception, which was in a, in a, in a cool yacht arena type place. And Cullen gave an amazing <laughs> <Yacht> speech. Yacht arena? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Um, he was probably I, too busy to talk to you, was he? No, I, I mean, you'd think that he would be too busy to talk to us. You'd think I could do a better intro here if Craig hadn't already spoiled it. <laughs> Uh, here's Cullum at his wedding. <laughs> Myself and Craig are here at Fagernes Yacht Club in Bergen in very Norway. Good really good. Thanks very much, man. Why are we here, Craig? Uh, it's the big one. It's the wedding of the century, I believe. Cullum Regan's wedding. <laughs> I wonder what Cullum Regan would say if we managed to track him down for a quick impromptu <laughs> on the Riviera, it seems, in Bergen. Uh, a mere three or four hours after he was married, about an hour after he gave an incredible speech inside, what would he sound like? He'd sound exactly like this, Dave. Hey! <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm I'm married. Yeah, it's so weird. All week long, it felt like I was playing dress up, kind of like you know going to meet the priest and being like, oh yeah, and then we'd do this yeah. if we got married. <laughs> and then this morning, I had to actually do it, and I I did, and you it went it. fine. Yeah. yeah. And there were no tears. Everyone, well, most people held it together. I've never seen someone look so happy walking down that aisle. <laughs> As in, like, taking it in beat for beat, drinking in the moment, like yeah. a pro wrestler making an entrance. Yeah, I was chuffed. Like, to be fair, Norwegian tradition smiled on me in that respect that the bride and groom walk in together. Yeah, I yeah. don't think I'd have had quite as much of a moment to soak in if I didn't have Nina next to me. Right. But, uh, yeah, it worked out. Nina did look quite concerned. Um, is that a concern for you going forward? Put <laughs> your life together. <laughs> Hopefully I will have time to talk her round. That uh, priest was going on about a 50-year wedding anniversary and the marriage was barely 50 seconds old. Do you think he was unprofessional? <laughs> Ambitious, perhaps. Uh, he also threw in uh, the founder of Ikea as yeah, a reference. The reference a nice touch to the Swedish half of the family. Um, yeah, no, look, I can't complain with anything today. It's been lovely. And having you boys here as well, of course. Oh. Well, after you betrayed us so resolutely by leaving the show... <laughs> We figured we had to see why, and now I've seen you it. You understand. Yeah. It's legit, though, man. It's amazing. It's just like, even like your speech earlier on was like, I was saying it was like delivered with the kind of the cadence of a broadcaster, but it was exceptional. It, like, it's just kind of like, I could feel the fucking love in the room, and it was just really, really nice to kind of see two families coming together, which is kind of a theme of, of what this whole day is about. Um, I wasn't prepared for the moment where you leave the room and everyone has to line up to kiss your new bride. I thought that was a gag. No, it wasn't. No, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, And then obviously you saw she left the room and I just get the shift from every girl in there. Colin so got know. fucking mobbed. Could we not have gone up at that stage, no? Oh, you could. Yeah, oh, yeah. Damn it. Missed You've opportunity. Listened, I'm sure there'll be more opportunities yes, during course. dessert. So uh, yeah, let's get back to it. Before we do, the last thing I'll say is this. Uh, when, you, when you randomly appeared in the show last time, we had a deluge of feedback from people who missed you greatly, mm. have wished you very well. Uh, you want to say to your listeners as a, as a like as new because I guess you're still like you're still in the fucking group chat, <laughs> I know, so you're still yeah. kind of a part of the show. I'll always be a small part of No Encore, I hope. Uh, thanks to all the well wishers. Yeah, many of you have obviously contacted me personally, and uh, it's been much appreciated. And hopefully, I will do a full guest stint when I'm back from my honeymoon. Congratulations, Colin and Nina. Much love. Yay. Yay. That was Colin at his wedding. <laughs> Happy man. Happy yeah, I totally time. ruined he sounds, that. He, yeah. sound, he sounded delighted. And you sounded delighted as well. Yeah, I thought it was we lovely. Very happy for him. Yeah, it was fun. I danced. 
dance dancing new radicals you want to get what you give himself and Joseph screaming it on the dance floor oh, nice one that's pretty good yeah sounds like a and then the night like passed wedding. without incident didn't it Craig yeah <laughs> essentially it did um, yeah. except for the whiskey at like 7 in the morning which you declined which was I was called a news. square for going to bed at <laughs> half 4 in the morning and warning the lads that the uh, that the freshly opened bottle of Canadian club might like, not no be good the best come this, yeah. <laughs> smash cut to me walking around Bergen on my own the next day <laughs> <laughs> for several hours as the guys uh, what, what time did you get out of bed 7 o'clock was it night yeah well I got up initially didn't I for and like, then went back to bed I used the bathroom yeah. did you so. wear the suit all weekend did I wear the suit yeah. all weekend no the I, suit I, was lovely I, I, wore it, of the suit. I wore it once yeah. very proud when I saw you in we the all look great yeah we did actually we to be fair well. to be fair you look very varied as well like you look like your personality is yeah. reflected in the suits I liked it <laughs> I will say this um it's kind of unfair to have to pose next to Yosef when Yosef wears a suit. Oh, it's a fucking joke. Point. I mean, like, yeah. okay, like, not like Yosef used to like sell suits, but not only that, but like, it's just. I mean, come on! It's like you came out of the womb in a suit. Like he's yeah, he's yeah, yeah. built for it. Like he's yeah. just, just not fair. He's like, very presentable. He's so lovely handsome, boy. Yeah. Lovely you know. Boy. All those it's things. even worse because he's so nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's lovely. He just means well. Hate that guy. Um. But yeah, a good time had by all. Two flights home. I was. We we're all very tired by the time we got home. You were basically unintelligible on the flight home. <laughs> oh, I was just yeah. I was inconsolable. You were so well, unhappy. Myself and Josh stayed up because it was a weirdly timed flight. It was like we had to leave at four in the morning or half five a.m. taxi. So we went out because I was up and I was like, let's go back to no stress one last time yeah <laughs> and we and then there was a point when I, I was it was about like what it was approaching about two in the morning or half one and I was kind of like are we getting are we getting one more are we get one last one yeah and the lads were like yeah and I went <laughs> whose round is it and they're like yours <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh fantastic so it was your fault yeah three Brooklyns um, please which will cost me 880 each yeah, yeah, it's yeah, expensive nice place by the way but yeah, we managed yeah, to be frugal enough about it so no stress yeah. sounds like a no encore yoga I, if, if I could teleport just one thing from the four days I was there if I could, if I could bottle and I could transport one thing from those days. It would not be the joy that Colomini experienced on the happiest day of their lives. No, you can find be, that anywhere. <laughs> it would be no stress. And if I could work in one bar, it would be that bar. So if you guys are listening, one, send us the playlist that you kept playing because it was great. Two, hire me. Three, open a Dublin branch. Four, I think the segment is over. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's about it for the preamble. Clocking in at a nice half an hour this week. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Dahi. How do you feel about that? I'm feeling pretty good. How do you feel about iTunes no longer I'll being be on a my thing? third act by now? <laughs> Six. Ooh. Ooh. There was a lot to talk about, okay? It's been two fucking weeks. Two weeks. How many new listeners do you think have already abandoned the show? <laughs> I would say quite a lot. This every other week? This is the show. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's okay. We can edit Dahi out afterwards. Yeah, exactly. You can no, cut out all my pieces. New section. Oh, I'll also say this. I'm sorry, but prepare yourselves for like a very long and detailed songs of the week this week. Lots to talk about. Great there. music. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah it's been I'm a big week. It's been a really good week. You can't listen to any of those songs on iTunes anymore, those guys. <laughs> no. Uh, as Dave attempts for the third time to start this new section. Yeah. Um, but you can listen on Apple Music because this is like the end of iTunes but also it's it's kind of like that Catholic, Catholic thing of like it's one god but it's like three, three different gods. people yeah, yeah. yeah because it's they announced on Monday that iTunes is to be replaced by a trio of apps uh, music TV and podcasts so uh, not a huge amount is changing but it seems like a sensible way forward I guess I think they're moving towards subscription based that seems like the move yeah. they're gonna go towards it seems yeah. like they're trying to get away from ownership but I heard a lot of DJs complaining about it 
Yeah, it's yeah. Like it's a big Serato domain DJing tool is like linked right. to like your organized library on iTunes. Yeah. And there's no real other program that offers the ability to like create your own albums and playlists and storage. So yeah. I think that's an issue, but I don't think they really care about DJs. So. The other thing that I was thinking would be quite interesting as well is like, will this affect the charts in some massive way? Because like, I mean, I guess people aren't really, really buying a whole pile of tracks anymore. They're mainly streaming. Yeah. But like, is the fact that the like the actual thing of iTunes being gone will that affect the like are you buying stuff outright or are you just saying strictly on subscription now yes yeah. yeah, I mean you can question. still purchase tracks right but I guess that's just eventually going to be phased out yeah and, and I mean yeah. if, if it's going to be a subscription model which like I mean I guess that means it's like oh yeah you can buy this stuff but when your subscription is up do you lose it all yeah is it like leasing the music it would be nice to see one. if uh, I always think that would is the failing of like Spotify and stuff if they could allow you to buy the tracks as you stream it that would yeah, generate income because it meant you could put it in your own library or something. I mean, as, yeah, like place. I mean, aside from DJs, I mean, I mean, they must be looking at numbers and kind of going like, who the fuck is buying anything yeah. anymore? And they haven't really updated it in a long time. If you use it at all, every update looks almost exactly the same. The font just gets worse every time, like, <laughs> moving more and more towards Comic Sans with every update. I've had a twenty-five euro iTunes gift voucher for about two or three years now, and I don't, I don't know if it's still valid, but yeah, I, yeah. and I especially don't know if it's still valid. But I'm, I'm no longer compelled to even check. You know, yeah. does an iTunes Gift card work on like Apple Music? Are you gonna yeah. finally gonna bite the bullet and get Apple Music? I've had Apple Music before, and the thing about Apple Music is um, it has some incredible features. Uh, the radio shows are generally quite great. The curation is really strong. The sound is legitimately stronger than Spotify. I, you saying that, I don't yeah. know why, mm-hmm. and that's and that's even more nerdy yeah. than what. But I said the operating on. system is worse though. The OS and the and the the interface so, sucks. Where yeah. uh, it's slow, it's blocky, it's unattractive, it's difficult to move around, and Spotify is, is pretty fluid. So you kind I of. Always, I always I always said the same thing about iTunes itself as well, though, like the actual operating system and how it's like Never works. Right. Clunky, so yeah. fucking annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's because they don't uh, test stuff; they just send it out to the market and hope that people compl- will fix the things people complain about. It's like all Mac products in general; they yeah. just send it out to the market and let that be their testing. But I think even I get feedback off people when they were trying to find a new EP; they were like trying to search for the EP rather than it coming up automatically under my name and then I had to email my distributor yeah, yeah. and then they fixed it but it seems to be quite clunky when you're trying to get music yeah. on there as well it's weird like yeah. I guess this good is riddance yeah. good riddance yeah. like is this Apple trying to kind of take ownership of content more rather than the hardware because like yeah. iPhone sales are so far down and like yeah I think they said that a little bit in uh, one of the comments that they want to get away from hardware right. it's like they're trying to move towards just like yeah charging people for stuff they don't own Brilliant. Someone who doesn't have to worry about iTunes demise and might even be celebrating it is Jason Zed, aka <laughs> Jay Z, who's been named the fir- world's first billionaire rapper in a brand new Forbes cover story. The magazine has claimed that the 49 year old's empire conservatively totals $1 billion after valuing his various ventures as well as any real estate and his art collection, which of course is a key factor here, you'd imagine. His real name is Sean Carter, for anyone who doesn't know that, there's some trivia for you. One of uh, just a handful of billionaire entertainers and the first hip hop artist to claim such a fortune. I was kind of surprised by this because I thought it was already kind of confirmed a few years ago that he'd hit that mark and P. Diddy might have done it before him, definitely Dr. Dre. But again, yeah, it is the key word is like the conservatively thing. It's Forbes going. Actually, we've we've run the n- numbers, and this is how it turns out. So I think previously he'd had something like six hundred million or something really lame. 
Dr. Dre only has 700 million. Yeah. But he got all that shabby stuff. It's bigger than hip hop, said Swizz Beats. It's the blueprint for our culture. A guy that looks like us, sounds like us, loves us, made it to something that we always felt was above us. And that is a very uh, true sentiment, and that is good. However, I do find it difficult to hail billionaires. Some of most valuable holdings in the Jay Z estate and empire include his 310 million ownership of Armand de Brignac Champagne, a $100 million stake in Ducey Cognac, his $100 million title of streaming service. $50 $50 million in real estate and a $70 million investment in Uber. Also estimated that his music catalogue, there it is, is worth about <laughs> $75 million thanks to a careful negotiation of his publishing rights. Yeah, you mentioned the art collection and I checked that that's like $70 million. So it's only $5 million less than his own music, Jesus. which is a But this bit. is the thing. Is, like the, is it the richer Jay-Z becomes, the worse of a rapper it becomes is the real question. I would well, to know. To take us back to, yeah. take us back to no stress for a second, <laughs> they threw on one of the songs off 444, which is a reminder that like that's a hard album to access these days yeah. but yeah. also a really fucking good one it's really yeah. Good, yeah there was a handful of like absolute classics I think and it was him going back to basics uh, particularly with the production and everything so yeah it was a slight return but, but in good. general just his fucking features are so shite yeah. Yeah. yeah I think okay, yeah. Like, here's he did thing, say I mean, he's like, not going to release until it, like he has something to say and I suppose you're probably right it's like how much do you have left to say when you've encapsulated the first 25 years of your life in the first three albums perfectly and yeah. then nothing of that we can relate to as normal people yeah. and you, happens you in can't the keep just rapping about like yeah. now I was this and yeah. now I'm this and like, it's just, yeah like that Magna Carta album which was tied up in the yeah. Samsung deal which probably added a huge amount to his he, fortune was just the ultimate example of him having nothing to say vapid features and just, he embarrassed himself with the death of autotune and like went yeah. against a whole new wave he made comments <laughs> yeah, about flash yeah. and mo- money right, yeah. and he was like so wrong on reading yeah. the culture he was like I've got this I've got. Don't worry, I'm still in touch. And then it was so wrong. The tricky thing here is, I mean, it is a great story for like an African American artist to reach this, to reach this milestone, of course, and to be uh, a huge totem, I guess, in 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 popular culture. However, I I just I can't celebrate immense wealth. I, like no matter who it is, I'm just like, great, that's cool. I mean, what people are fucking like, money isn't obviously very uneven. In the yeah. World. And I mean, there was a thing recently, like Beyonce as well was like praised for. What was it? She took like shares from someone for doing a gig instead of like taking the fee, and then like twenty years, five years later, it's worth like two hundred billion or something. And like, and, and, like or something, wasn't it? What's the big one she did this year with the documentary? Was, I don't know, but like, like basically, like she's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's made a shit ton of money. Gas of loser. She made a shit ton of money, like like off off the back of like an investment deal that she made, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we stand a queen." And you're just like, "I'm sorry, but, but like." But this is very much wrapped up in like the African American experience, and you know them the traditionally life. feeling like yeah, they didn't have any wealth, and then they. They haven't been like kind of great with money in kind of the last couple of decades. And this example kind of being said of let's be smart with our investments, let's buy back our own neighborhoods, like kind of gentrify yeah, places ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And again, all the things are positive. Yeah. But I just feel like, just, uh, like, just like, like it means a lot to a community. Of yeah, like, but it's also like I mean, like, like you're just, like I'm, I'm like fucking like like praising the one percent. You're just nah, like, it's like, like capitalism. Is, like there's a whole like as an aside, like you can say okay, this is yeah, going this. to be a very long no, no, <laughs> but it's no, but Sorry. it's that point of saying like of course nobody saying it, like capitalism is flawed in its very virtue but if you're placing people in a system it's an indication that the underprivileged are somehow breaking through because yeah. I've yeah. read interviews I, with Jay-Z where you would sit at a table and guys would talk 
to his manager when he had white managers because they were like, oh yeah, you're just here as the Instead face. Of him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. in a way, it's it, it you can take it both ways. So it can be I, positive and yeah. negative. Like way. I think the thing you're talking about, Dave, is is the scale is the issue. Like yeah. I mean, you can like I mean, once you get past a certain point, I mean, like yeah, when do you w- at what point do you turn over and go from being like a really good example of like being a, a good person spending the money to like how much is enough? You but know I, what I mean? I guess like, his yeah. argument would be he needs to get at that level to be like at that table right so i don't know it's yeah when you obviously when you look at like say the ever increasing gap in terms of how much wealth is controlled in the hands of like so like there's some crazy stat of like is it 70 percent of the wealth of the world is owned by 70 people or something yeah yeah. um hey snake have you heard of leon von (laughs) tarib I think ultimately, yeah, it comes down to this. I would rather have, like, societal impact than his bank balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess, uh, closing this out, though, Swizz Beats spoke up again and said if he's, if he's a billionaire now, imagine what he's about to be because he's only just starting, says a man who wants a loan of a fucking tenner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on. There we go. There we go. I was going to wait for some, like... Into the like, mic, Dahi. Uh, yeah. I'm, Come on. <laughs> Excellent work. Oh, wow. There it is. Uh, and th- this one's for Rihanna, who's been named the richest woman in music. <laughs> yeah, despite not releasing million. an album. Dollars. This is uh, this is all the Fenty wealth by all yeah, accounts. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at Fenty today. It's very interesting. Very good. Uh, um, yeah, she product. changed her uh, Instagram and social media profile pictures to a LinkedIn profile picture. If you look at it, she's dressed in a business suit, and it's like nothing to do with music. I think the right. only thing for me is like, when does she stop becoming a musician? When do we refer to her as just a business woman mm. or a business yeah. person or what the appropriate? Well, she didn't yeah. even sing in Guava Island. I'm yeah. still convinced that was Donald Glover <laughs> being like, no, no, just look nice like Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do anything. So she's um, the richest woman in music over who? Over uh, Madonna, Madonna, Celine Dion, Beyonce. Taylor um, Swift. Gee, Taylor Swift. Definitely, Swift. definitely above Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's like the Fenty the Beauty Rams. Empire has been like a massive thing for her. And obviously the, a protege of Jay-Z as well from way yeah, back. So she yeah, probably had good advice. Protege <laughs> is a bit of a, yeah, that was a touchy yeah. subject for a long time. Oh, wasn't, wasn't it? it? It was whole Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce yeah, hated was, her for that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, well, so sorry, anyway. breaking news. Keen have announced an Irish date. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the Olympia Theatre in October. Did you get a text from them? Did you? I got a press release, yeah. I think I read that on Forbes. (laughs) (laughs) Is it any wonder? Um, Yeah, congratulations (laughs) to people who have unfathomable riches. Uh, someone who's uh, operating at mid-level but is taking a bit of a break is Mitski, who I saw in the Tivoli Theatre. May it rest. Also taking a bit of a break uh, is the Tivoli Theatre, <laughs> having been Same fucking kind of bulldozed. Uh, Mitski has announced her last show indefinitely. Uh, she'll be playing Summer Stage in New York City, Central Park on September 7th. Uh, she said, this will be my last show indefinitely, and I'm glad it's ending in New York where I came up. Time to be a human again and have a place to live. Um, so a lot of people have kind of freaked out over this thinking that that's the end of her career it sounds like the school of LCD and sound system of gig announcements in New York she uh, <laughs> she wrote an I update you, saying yeah. she's been on a non-stop tour for over five years hasn't had a place to live during this time and if I don't step away soon my self-worth and identity will start depending too much on staying in the game in the constant churn I don't want to make art like that especially when you're offering your valuable time and hearts and money to it so I hope you'll have me back whenever that is or if I start over then I start over I mean like this is not uncommon in music she's just recording people, a new album people take breaks you know yeah. and, but, fair, and she's and been I, very to, prolific as well yeah so. and I think I think uh, as people go, she's probably very, very aware of this thing where, like, 
being constantly on tour is very, very clearly extremely unhealthy for everybody's health. <laughs> like, yeah. So it, I think it's a very, very smart move. And I mean, it's not like Mitski's going to stop making music. No, so. I'm a big Mitski fan. I saw that gig and it was excellent. It's great. Uh, One I of said, our top albums of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah terrific album. And I remember saying at the time, like, you know, uh, it's the only gig I've ever been to where someone pacing the stage was the most stressful thing I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, she's terrific. <laughs> and obviously, like, you know, I don't think people need to freak the fuck out when someone goes, yeah, I'm taking a break. It's just weird now. I think people have different expectations of artists. And depending yeah. on the level of artists you are as well, I mean, like, um, we're going to be talking to Dermot Kennedy on the show very, very soon. And he was saying at the time that, like, he was popping up at stuff like the Brit Awards because you can't not be around. You have to be seen. And yeah. he's obviously in a position where, like, he's signed to a major label and he's about to release his debut album later this year. And it's important to be in the public eye. It's like you can't, you can't go quiet. And that doesn't just apply to a Dermot Kennedy. It applies to, like, an indie uh, artist like Mitski or it applies yeah. to someone starting out. You have to always be seen to be doing something. You're only as good as your last thing. And ultimately, I think it's terrific that she's like like stepping out of the spotlight for a while because ultimately, I, I don't know, I, I'm not even sure that the announcement was necessary. I think artists should be allowed to just go off. It's kind of cool though that she comes out and says it though. Because if you listen to like her music, like there's a there's clearly a process she has to go into. It's so detailed and layered and there's so much into it in the way it's produced. I think that like she probably needs to take a lot of time about her music to really develop mm. an idea fully. Yeah. And it's nice that she comes out and says, okay, it's not that I hate touring, it's not this, it's just that I genuinely need time to like just live. It's a bit like uh, Dev Hines from uh, Blood Iron said the same yeah. thing. He was like, yeah, I had recorded the stuff with Lightspeed Champion after Test Icicles had fallen apart and we did that. But then he, was, uh, he started producing for other people and he was like, I just needed to sit in the background for a long time until I could do something else. But yeah. I was talking to own French when he was over in Amsterdam with Talos uh, and they were saying that they just had non-stop gigs, like constantly. It, was no, it used to be that you do like a summer tour and a winter tour. It's now just one giant continuous tour. It's, uh, it's crazy, like yeah, it's, and it's the only way to make money in the, yeah. in the gig. Well, one man who would love to be as visible and in demand as Miski is Chad Focus, this always known dude. Big fan, big fan. Chad Arrington. He's a Baltimore singer who performs and records under that name, but uh, he's not a household name. His song apparently "Dance with Me" did land on Billboard's Dance Club Songs um, chart last year and got a T Pain remix. So, I mean, I'd oh, love yeah. a T Pain remix. That's going pretty well. Um, he's also appeared kind of suspiciously on an enormous Times Square billboard, uh, which advertised both his real name and his Chad Focus project. Well, it's come out uh, recently um, that he's been indicted in connection with <laughs> allegations that he used a company credit card to make over $4.1 million in unauthorized purchases. What company does he work yeah, for? That they didn't even notice. million yeah, on yeah, a credit yeah. card. Mainly directed... Fucking Jay-Z, probably. <laughs> ...into funding his fledgling music career so um this guy is incredible (laughs) like so so if you go if you go to the billboard there's a pictures of the billboard you can check them out online it's barely readable like it has the (laughs) tiniest like like little letters on the side you can barely read it there's if you go onto his uh youtube account which i did a long peruse of today which was great you can actually see the studio that he has where he bought all the gear on one of the videos and it's hilarious because it's just like the most expensive over-the-top gear perfectly laid out in this perfectly lighted space as if they have (laughs) never been used at all yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What an incredible dude. Like, it's so fucking crazy. I like that he took a photo of himself flexing topless in front of his billboard. Because if you're going to go, <laughs> the billboard, might as well go yeah. out topless and flex. Yeah, yeah. The billboard which read, number one artist in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, so he pumped all this money into, as Dahi said, uh, equipment, pristine stuff, artificially increasing plays on Spotify, yeah. uh, purchasing followers, making, you know, just kind of faking it till I guess he hoped he made it. Yeah. 
when you're using that much money, could he not like go to a label and be like, listen, I make me a project? And yeah. And this is kind of an interesting thing as well, though, because when you listen to the music, it's like this very classic kind of new age hip hop stuff where it's like very extremely heavily um, auto tuned. The right. beats are like very pulled from something very, very clear. You've heard it all before. And it kind of puts it into the point where it's just like, I think it's pretty apparent that this dude has absolutely no talent whatsoever. But like the fact that he can use technology and use money to to make a certain type of music that sounds passable is like really, really interesting because it's just like he as long as you have a load of shitload of money, you can actually pass as an artist right I now. I hope like, he made a documentary. Yeah, That's right. All I, like, I really want to see that documentary. You hope there's like loads of footage from his fucking Instagram would be stories incredible. and shit. I mean, that would be such a good documentary to You're show so, how you get right. the system because I saw one uh, video recently of uh, a Spotify farm in Japan. It's basically uh, the guys had like 150 mm. devices set up in the room and they just constantly play your track. You paid them like 100 quid wow. and they're all automated. And so once you pay over 30 seconds, it's officially a play according to Spotify. So they just hit them on repeat and then there's a device that just switches it. Uh, you onto, repeat, onto the, the next song so and you like keep getting it so they just keep generating plays and so for like 20 it's when you it's similar to when you're on Instagram and somebody has like 1 million followers but like 22 likes on a photo or they have like 100 likes and they're all new accounts that have only been set up you can buy followers in massive amounts, mm. as you can tell from my 250 followers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it's all one big hustle. And there was much hustle and bustle when I attended the Grand Social last week to see the band Health. Oh, yeah. The amazing oh, yeah. Los Angeles noise terrorists themselves for a very loud and sweaty show, which I greatly enjoyed. Huge fan of Health. I've mentioned them on the show a million times. And uh, they will be just one of several upcoming interviews on No Encore over the next few weeks, which I'm very excited about. Very, very, very good interview. Yeah. Dahi accompanied me. We sat down with health frontman Jake Duzik in his very hotel taken Chernobyl. room. Very, yeah. very taken. Dahi and him hit it off about Chernobyl, which I've yet to watch. And we talked for quite some time. Uh, that's coming up on the show very, very soon. Also, as mentioned, I finally tracked down Dermot Kennedy after a long time of chasing the man. Sat down with him for quite some time. That interview's coming up on the show as well. We'll be welcoming back Bantam over the next few weeks as well. Oh, well and of course, you. our lovely Sean Cabina is here with us right now. Yeah. So it's been a good, it's going to be a good run, guys. Fantastic. And uh, Songs of the Week, which is not imminent, it's now comes up. Uh, I figured there was going to be only going to be one place to start due to some breaking event news that occurred over the weekend, but then some further breaking event news <laughs> happened, and that's why Sean's song of the week is, of course, the returning Girl Band. Yeah, so that was a girl band with uh, shoulder blades. Uh, yeah, so I'm a massive girl band fan. So I think uh, I had another song picked, which got thrown to the wind as soon as <laughs> I heard this was coming out. I think everybody was clamoring to probably speak about it. But yeah, I, especially in a weird way, they've just remained so relevant without doing anything, which is shows just the impact they've had. I first saw them. I don't know, in their first run of gigs because a cousin of mine was like, oh, uh, my friend's younger brother is in a band, you should come see them. And I said, absolutely not, bud. (laughs) 
okay, fair enough. I kind of got bullied into it, went along, and I was just blown away. And the first two albums are just insane. And then, or the album, and I don't know, a long format EP that they had. Yeah. It was just incredible. And it like still sits with me all the time. And I think especially if anybody has struggled with like mental health issues or just general like life issues in terms of expressing your emotion, it's music that really resonates in a really weird way. Because I know so many people who wouldn't say listen to aggressive music. And then they seem to just speak to everybody I, on a really visceral level. And then I got really worried when I saw the announcement because I was like, this is what I've been hoping for it to come out. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely going to tank. I'm such a cynic. And then when I listened to it this morning, it was so good. And at two o'clock, I think you sent it on. And I was like, oh, shit, this is amazing. Uh, it didn't gratify in the way that people would probably expect them they should do. Like most people would expect, oh, they're going to come out with something that hits from the start. I takes 90 seconds before a yeah, drum. It's like a six out. minute yeah, long yeah. track, right? It's incredible. It's like the only reference point I could actually come up with and it kind of goes right back to the Blow On cover that they did way back in the day is there's a compilation by a techno group called Fumf and uh, it's based around sounds recorded in Burgoyne, the most Berlin album you could ever listen to. <laughs> but there's a track on it by Ben Clock called Wolf where he recorded the sound of a big steel door closing and that's what the guitars sound like. It's this exact sound of a steel door closing and it's just insane. I don't know what you guys thought about it. Yeah, I mean, terrific comeback. Um, they're back, back, back. And yeah, as you say, it's a, like... It, it eases us in isn't really the right word whatsoever yeah. but there's a lot of amazing kind of groundwork sonically laid um there's some uh, very kind of Kirk esque just screaming like you know vomiting up your lungs m- moments about two minutes in that bass yeah mm-hmm. um it's just that drone heaviness it's yeah it's, it was it was like they were never away yeah it was supposed to drop at two o'clock the video came out at two o'clock along with the announcement of an album we're getting a full album called the talkies released on the 27th of september they will headline vicar street on the 22nd of november tickets will be out and probably sold out by the time this podcast yeah. arrives yeah. uh so yeah but it turned out it actually hit spotify at like 10 a.m this morning so um there i am brushing my teeth headphones on and trying to wake up to the world for the day. Still quite tired from all the Norway heroics. And about two minutes and about five seconds in, that's when what apparently appears to be like a few skyscraping, colossal, titanic robots decided to go for a jog <laughs> through the city. It's just mechanical clanking and like steel and then Dara Keeley's vocals, which as once again the only through line is the through line that he sees and it doesn't matter about the rest. As you kind of say, Sean, this isn't a Paris for Lunch, which is, to me is the closest thing to a pop song yeah. like Girl Pan will ever come out They're with. They're really selling out with that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is tragic. Uh, this is like a slow burn and it's so like, it's just, it's a mosaic it, that has been dropped and smashed and stuck back together uh, with crazy glue and it's just so And fucking, Dutch gold. Yeah, and Dutch oh. gold and Ricky Lake references and it's just so beautiful to have them back. Um, it's just wonderful because, like, I mean, they've lost none of their power. They've been as vital as ever. I'm a huge fan of them. They've been guests on the show before. I've interviewed them myself. The mental health thing is obviously a huge talking point that we've spoken about before and, like, it's just, it's, it's such a privilege and a pleasure to hear them rise again and yeah. it's vindication for them. It's vindication for people who understand that this kind of music actually is pop music in a way 
and it matters, yeah. yeah, it matters. Like, like they're they're vital. They're a vital band. They're one of the best bands this country has ever produced. And I genuinely feel sorry for people who don't get it. Yeah, I mean, to me, this track is like almost like a giant leap forward, even from what they've done before. There's like, a, it. I think the one amazing thing about this this song is is the journey of it. Where like, yeah. I mean, we've said before, there's like different sections, but like mm-hmm. you start off with this like a, a very very kind of set thing that like it works up, and then you get into a very very hard, very like intense section. Yeah. Then it goes for a fucking walk through dance music. And it's got yeah. these like amazing, almost like atl- uh, battles, Atlas kind Very of beat so. and everything yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. And it's just like a groove. And then at the a end, there's and, and my absolute favorite part of this this song, and it's like absolutely incredible. The very end of it has this incredible, almost like a euphoric feel oh, the to minute, this whole the thing. Last minute, I was gonna yeah. say the same and it's got thing, this yeah. very like I don't know how they created the sound on a guitar <laughs> because it's the like the bass changes, the yeah. bass changes, and suddenly it, like and even if if you watch the video, which is also absolutely incredible, Bob Gallagher has done an amazing job, and again another leap forward for Bob Gallagher as well. Um, Quite the stride for it, I would say. When I saw him walk it, by the coffee shop around wearing a red suit, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you've earned it, mate. But you can see in the video as well. I mean, obviously they have a very very good relationship together, and he obviously completely understands like where they're coming from and the, the video really reflects that but you can see in the video with the music there is this euphoric feel at the end that's almost kind of like this like desperate like you just have to laugh kind of feel about the end of it which yeah. is just an absolutely incredible moment and it's a, it's such a leap forward like. yeah it's kind of a left turn as well at that moment because mm-hmm. you're thinking where are they going to go it's only going to go like noise the holocaust again, thing yeah. do you know what I mean it's yeah, going yeah, to yeah. go bigger and they just throw you and it's like what the fuck is this record going to be like yeah, I mean yeah. I'm so excited yeah. for this record and like I don't know if you read the well I guess but the release about the album itself is recorded in this house and they said that because of the the way they had all separated in between the last release they were recording demos recording parts they were recorded two sets of drums one up in a hallway and then one in the studio and then lured between and it reminds me of this uh, that band Talk Talk from the eight, one of my favourite bands where Incredible they band, record yeah. everything separately and then they layer it all together and it sounds like you're in the room with them but it's not possible to do this sound in the room and like even the references lyrically like I don't know Dave I know has the, the experience of like sitting in doctor's offices much like I have and like he keeps talking about Ricky Lake and I've sat in so many doctor's offices <laughs> with like <laughs> Dr. Phil and Ricky Lake sitting on a TV and everything is floating by and it's discordant and then you have this chaos and then whatever happens and then suddenly you're floating and you're disassociating it's really like a really special track oh yeah I'm I mean so like, like I never even one. thought of that and it's like I actually I've restarted cancelling this week and the day before recording this one and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting to find out how it's going to go who my therapist is going to be uh, her name is Joy by the way which is incredible <laughs> I mean incredible. I mean like did Ricky Gervais of, write your life because of, because of course of course I was of like, course. Yeah, I was yeah, like yeah, excellent yeah. brilliant did you, uh, did you ask her about that I was like <laughs> I didn't no I, I, I did the best I could in she's appearing on next week's podcast yeah she's, 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 she's 12th session but I mean but the point I was going to make was that like the radio and I remember going back to the last time I went to counselling and the radio was on and it's like it's your standard sunshine FM thing and mm. it's on and it's just yeah. blaring and it's out of tune and it's that mundanity, mundanity, it's that kind of little thing that's just sitting there and you're kind of crawling the walls. And you're yeah. like, yeah. and this is not the constant. And making small I'm, talk with the guy beside you talking about Dutch gold life and all yeah. this. Like it's and so flicking through like fucking Take a Break magazine, which is all these horrific stories on the front cover yeah. and, and all that kind of like, the, 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 yeah, the, 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 the procession of the like basic routine of the masses that unfolds in front of you as you're sitting in this kind of shell of yourself and trying to fucking 
prop yourself up. And I mean, even without like knowing a girl band's story, you know, quote unquote, like you still get that from the music. You get that because they're doing something no one else is doing. And at the same time, the the, the love that I saw for them today on social media from so many different places, from like people in Dublin yeah. to fucking Pitchfork. To it almost felt, felt like UK relief or something. Like yeah, there was a yeah, real yeah. sense yeah. of relief like, oh, today. Everyone's building them on. Everyone's yeah. rooting yeah. them on. And like it's, yeah. Like well, I think when they stopped touring and they uh, made the disclosure about the mental health issues and that everybody, it was the first time I actually saw good feedback. There was a period where pe- when people cancelled shows, everybody came out with vitriol being like, hey, I bought a ticket. And when they, they did it, everybody came out and was like, hey, get good, be okay but then funnily enough as time went and now all these new bands are coming up with references go about i think people started getting oh wait a minute where are they are they going to be forgotten and i think particularly i've talked to dave about it is when you really really like a band you start being like i don't want people to forget about this mm. band they're so important and then when they come back and they nail it you're like oh this is this is fine they've got this yeah, i don't need to worry they're in control uh, i mean in any other week but in this week the silver medal <laughs> yeah. goes to um, i disagree <laughs> very much and that's the biggest hint my boy is back jay paul Yeah, that was Do You Love Her Now, which is one of two um, B-sides, a double B-side release, a surprise release. Uh, the other one is He, um, which surprise drop on Saturday. During the wedding. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dave <laughs> alerted me to it on Sunday morning as I awoke. If anybody has just it, like, it forever hold your piece Everybody left the church. Yeah, very, if only we knew. Straight to I the knew. I, I, I saw it on the bus and I tweeted oh. out and I, I said, I saw, my, I saw one of my good friends get married, but somehow this was the most joyous proclamation of the day. Incredible. So yeah, he's back. Six years. He's back. God. Yeah. Um, if you don't know Jay Paul, um, he's big in the game. He's one of the brethren. Uh, he's been gone a long time, but he's back and he wants what is his. Um, so, yeah, I guess he emerged 2007-ish on, like, MySpace yeah. um, with a song BTS to You, which was just, like, nothing else that was around at the time. Um, instantly got picked up by music blogs, which were a big deal at and the Drake. time. Yeah, Drake was sampling him. Beyonce was sampling him. Um, artists from like Flume to Muramasa, um, James Blake were kind of latching onto him and saying this guy is doing something special. Uh, he kind of maintained his silence, took his stuff off MySpace, emerged again with Jasmine, which kind of popped even bigger, which was just this bizarre what kind of dreamlike yeah. I don't even know how you describe it kind of side-chained Funk m- stuff, madness yeah, yeah. Um, futurist beaut of a thing um, and then there was still kind of nothing from him he was signed to XL the kind of mystery grew and grew until um, an April a Saturday as well in 2013 um, when Bandcamp so well. there was a, yeah I remember mm. too I believe Br- Dave Brogthin used to me as well that time was, yeah um, that's why I'm here <laughs> that's who I am his, in your life his supposed debut album dropped uh, on Bandcamp it seemed like he was annoyed with the label he was just putting the stuff out there um, and it was tremendous and everyone went 
crazy, but it also sounded kind of unfinished. Yeah, there were certain sudden stops. It was like there was which some was stuff kind of not unusual. For exactly. it was hard to tell with yeah, Jay Paul yeah, yeah, because yeah. every it's which like is kind of one of the cooler things about it. Right? Yeah, he's one of those artists where like the perfection is in the imperfections, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it quickly became apparent that his either laptop would be stolen or the music had been stolen. It was put up by someone kind of under nefarious again means. allegedly. See, like, yeah. Then it was it was, was conspiracies just filled this. Yeah, thing, on like, Twitter he was so anonymous, it was hard to get it. A clear view on what was happening. Yeah. He was like, you know, statement will follow on Twitter, mm. and then there was nothing. XL said, "Oh, the laptop's been stolen." It's like, yeah, uh-huh. and like we had years of silence. His brother, AK Paul, is an incredible producer. Yeah. They were kind yeah. of working with people behind the scenes. Last year, they reemerged with this Paul Institute, where yeah. they were in some like trade magazine, just wearing hard hats at this property building week. site. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As somebody who works just in the like property, that, is, that was my favorite ever issue. <laughs> Probably. You're reading it again in every um, fucking week, yeah. and like eventually, it's like, oh my god! Finally, the property week yeah. came that, up. So we <laughs> were getting <laughs> what? Yeah, Why we were getting like Jay Paul Productions <laughs> through his like roster or stable of artists, and then yeah, finally he emerges um, with this double B side um, and the album. Just like high quality (laughs) put up on all streaming services. You can buy it from his website and please do. And I guess maybe most importantly, a statement from him. The statement is Which is 1,500 words long and is kind of heartbreaking, heartbreaking. to be honest. So, I mean, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he basically says that people who thought it was leaked intentionally to to be the mysterious thing was in fact false. He said that his music was stolen from him. There was a police investigation. No one was ever caught. And it completely destroyed him for a long time. It made him think differently about himself as a person and as, as an artist, and it broke his heart. At one stage, he said, I understand that it might have seemed like a positive thing to a lot of people. The music that they've been waiting to hear was finally out there. But for me, it was very difficult to deal with. As things unfolded, I went through a number of phases, but the immediate overriding feeling was one of complete shock. I felt numb. I couldn't take it all in at first. I felt pretty alone with everything. Like, no one else seemed to view the situation in the same way that I did as a catastrophe. There was a lot going through my mind, but the hardest thing to grasp was that I'd been not denied the opportunity to finish my work and share it in the best possible form. I believe it's important for artists as creators to have some control over the way in which the work is presented at a time when they consider it complete and ready. That's just one section of a very long letter in which yeah. he basically says that he went through several like and, yeah, long, long well, nights like, of the soul. He talks about therapy. recently he's been through like various kinds of therapy and it's like he's finally now at a place where he's kind of gained some acceptance over the kind of grief he went through and it was just such a kind of illuminating statement because all these years, I guess my impression was, okay, he doesn't want to be front and center or he's yeah. not even that concerned with kind of, he'll just put the stuff out there. Um, but no, he was, this ruined his life. Yeah, and um, it was, it was, sorry, it was suggested as well that maybe we review the album this week. And I was kind of of the opinion that we shouldn't because of the manner in which it came out years ago, the fact that it's unfinished. And also, I'll say this, I mean, like, you know, it's an, it's an argument for sure. And like Pitchfork published their review of it today and I don't agree with it. Especially after reading Jay Paul's letter, but well, again, I think no, yeah. I think it's he's put it out officially now. He's made a statement where he says, "I mean, yeah, it's I like not the idea what, of reviewing something as yeah. a celebration, right? Like, I yeah. mean, because because it, it should be lauded as, regardless of whether it was leaked or not, it is an absolutely incredible album, and it hasn't yeah. aged a day. I was going to say because <laughs> straight out of Mumbai is. Right, like, and also I think I think one of the only tracks, one of the only tracks on it, like they all have like parentheses unfinished. Straight Outta Mumbai doesn't, so that must be well, the completed one. I don't know because in the middle of it, there's like a cut through of another vocal that just stops it for a second. But I think that's it. No, but if you compare it to the like this, what kind of I completely get his frustration of it. If you listen to the final products of like the singles that we're reviewing or that we're speaking about. 
they're yeah, so yeah. Let's review those two songs, shall we? No, but they're so they're so incredibly like fine tuned. And now yeah. those like for example, the cover of Crush by Jennifer Page is one of my favorite songs on that album. But I know that an artist like him who like fine tunes has his own identity would not put that cover out as yeah, a part yeah, of yeah. his album because it wouldn't. Course, yeah, or I, you just know it. But like what I found really heartbreaking about the statement was he said that the label told him not to. And I've a couple of friends who worked with Excel. They said don't come out with a statement. It's more. Uh, mysterious and I spoke to a couple of guys who kind of worked with Excel and they said that they would speak to Excel and they said oh no Jay's a genius but he just wants to be a producer he doesn't want to do any of this stuff so they After, framed his whole identity so they tried well. to frame this yeah. whole identity and now he's coming out with this really powerful statement and what's really interesting about the album now is the album that's on Spotify is not the same album that was leaked because he couldn't clear like I think it was like five or six samples but also I've listened to them side by side because I bought the album thinking it was legit and uh, there are actually quite a lot of tweaks in there it's like small things but if you're obsessive about it there's an new outro on Genevieve and yeah yeah yeah, it's definitely levels of change as as two guys who were culpable (laughs) and collaborated against J. Paul's wishes sorry you have to add me as well I also three guys who uh, four guys who were, uh, <laughs> do, do we do we feel any guilt no uh, I mean we were duped as well no. it wasn't like we were he sent out a statement <laughs> no but he's, he it legitimately looked like a, a genuine thing and it was yeah, only yeah, he yeah. responded like in the evening saying I'll put out a statement I'd already bought it I can't return it and he said please that money's not going to me it was like one point like it was some crazy amount of money was in a frozen account by PayPal they managed to stop the money going to the person but I don't think they ever got him or her or whoever it was Uh, but I've a I don't feel guilt about it and what I kind of interesting if you can remove the person from for a moment is it's like the ultimate audience artist creation of an album because what he's done is he's put it up exactly how those people have put it up because if he was to change it it would, or would it yeah. suffer? I don't know. I think don't feel guilty about it. Feel terrible that the guy had to go through that stuff. But the songs are so good. How about the new songs, eh? Uh, okay, yeah. So the one we just heard, uh, "Do You Love Her Now," is um, it's, what an intro! It's like that fade in of like his kind of trademark kind of bassy thing of just like it feels like the audio equivalent of like the space that shot of the spaceship coming towards earth do you know what i mean it's just this ominous thing of like oh he's back and he has this moment like after reading that statement where he just kind of drops in a little is it you know time for one more jam all right and he sounds genuinely joyous about it and like doing it on his own terms and from there it's just uh it's it's a duet of sorts um with fabiano paladino uh who's one of the artists he's been working with so i guess kind of a follow-up to mystery which he had kind of moments on as well and it turns into this kind of retro futuristic take on i guess like peter gabriel and kate bush's don't give up like it's kind of them finding solace in each other uh there's some amazing guitar on it like his instrumentation is just only improved it's immaculately produced yeah it's great last question before we move on because we really have to let's talk about he for 15 minutes how how you feeling I'm just so happy. Did like, this take you out of, uh, as you quoted yourself, the oh, yeah, like, psychological clutches of Norway? <laughs> yeah, very quickly. Uh, uh, yeah, he's been on. We should talk about quickly uh, the Jasmine AI thing that he's put up, yeah, which is yeah. amazing. He owns part of the company as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so he's done this thing where all the stems of the song Jasmine um, Jeez, are, I don't know about this at all. are yeah. fed website, into this yeah. AI program. Yeah, which you can access on his website. And it, what the AI does, it creates an infinity loop of the track where every version you click into is like utterly unique and it just plays different yeah. kind of things forever. Oh my God. Yeah, it's really interesting. So he's bought part of it, but 
I think, yeah, it's. I always think of him as how I always wanted Prince to sound when people told me I should like Prince. I'm like, <laughs> I, I like <laughs> Prince, but I... On that I fucking colossal statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dahi, what's Katy Perry up to? <laughs> well, we've got plenty of good music, haven't we? It's all great, isn't it? Uh, Katy Perry has a new track called Never Really Over. I guess I could try hypnotherapy I gotta rewire this brain Cause I can't even go on the internet Without even checking your name I tell myself, tell myself, tell myself, draw the line And I do, I do But once in a while I trip up and I cross the line I think of you Two years and just like that My head still takes me back Thought it was done but I Guess it's never really over um, So yeah, so Katy Perry, it's her big comeback Pretty tough week to have a big comeback on <laughs> pretty tough she'll um, be fine yeah. this this track is actually genuinely not bad I actually quite like this track it's uh, it's quite interesting it was produced by Zed who she um, worked with last year and did a track called 365 which was not very good it just wasn't a very very good track I think the, one of the reasons why this track is much much better than it is um, it's very very heavily based and sampled and pretty much the exact same song <laughs> as a track called Love You Like That from a Norwegian artist called Dagny who I saw open for picture this did you? I heard that song live baby. this song is really interesting because it, it is it's like it's got a million and a half views on YouTube and stuff it is a well known track oh the like. YouTube comments now are hilarious yeah yeah they're like who else came here after hearing the new <laughs> Katy Perry I'm here with Katy Perry yeah. Katy Perry and, and like no, to be fair like I mean it, it isn't one of these things where it's just like oh like they've copied this track she like, went they, to she her she went yeah. to her and like actually yeah. took the track so but that's also, quite important Dagny was very much like I appreciate that they told me they were doing this as in we were going to do this anyway so like you're all, you're either in or you're out here some money and she was like I'm glad they gave me the heads up I mean to be fair like I yeah, mean you know yeah. I mean it's quite an interesting one I mean Katy Perry's career is kind of it took a bit of a downturn for a while. It, she it was an album called at the gala, so That's true. That's uh, but she she gave the world left shark. She had an album. Let's Vigo. talk about the music, guys. How about we talk about the music, huh? Uh, she <laughs> she had a tra- she had a track called Witness. Who, <laughs> Who is this? She what had a, an album changing? called Witness that was a uh, much more kind of beats based, kind of more kind of nineties house kind is that of the music one with and bon stuff. Appetit with Migos. Yes, as Cullen famously said, "Sorry, love, I've lost my appetite. <laughs> I'm not hungry anymore." It uh, it took a pretty nosedive and it was it was pretty hard. I think this is her back to her kind of much better like hook laden proper pop music this sounds an awful lot like Baby Don't Go Breaking My Heart from um, oh we blasted that in Norway so we did let me tell you on portable what a fucking track uh, I'll say this right do you not think the chorus sounds like like a similar has a similar thing that we look for in a good pop music chorus is the key word here I think Katy Perry is by and large pretty terrible and has been ever since her emergence in 2008 I want to say with that oh so risque lesbian song Uh, I think she's fairly worthless as an artist really and as a personality as well I just don't really see much in her Uh, I'll say this right (laughs) (laughs) This song is I've had a couple of beers now guys Uh, 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 This song right Is like It's like getting a meal In a restaurant And the meal ain't great But it's saved By an incredible sauce Mm. It's like a subway With some Southwest on it And that sauce is The chorus uh, chorus. Which to be fair The chorus is fucking unreal It's amazing But Everything around it is horrific and so trend chasing. I wouldn't say and it's so horrific. Of the mo- it's just it's it's so by like, the numbers. Like, it's just so it's, like 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 it's every like it's Calvin Harris five years ago. It's every, every production cliche produced. that you can possibly imagine. And then yeah. even the chorus, though, I'm just like, the while the chorus is class. 
the chorus is just like, oh, you've been you've been watching some Carly Rae Jepsen tapes, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. It's yeah. very Carly Rae. It's very the kind of chorus is so good because it has this like rhythmic synth in it that I keep trying to figure out how they make it. It's that's yeah, yeah. I keep tweeting going but back to her. It's, yeah, like I love the chorus, but I think she doesn't tell it well enough. I wish it yeah. was like, yeah, a different maybe. artist. They, so they rewrote um, all of the lyrics to fit into a narration of basically her and her relationship with Orlando Bloom, who she's yeah. engaged to, where it's basically been on and off. Can't get over you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like the production's a bit kind of kitchen sink. And I just, like, her voice is like, there's no nuance to it ever. Like, it's yeah. so, it's just a no, drill. I think it's a quite good pop song. And I think it'll do quite well over the year. I think, like, I think yeah. it's the most taken on radio. Like the most playlisted uh, single of the year so far, apparently. So you'll be hearing it everywhere. But the chorus is so good, and they chop out verses on the radio anyway. So that makes sense. Like it's just like it's such a tactic. But if you, it's like two different songs. I feel like they've chopped two together because if you listen to the verses, the whole palette of sounds are like so different. It's like we yeah. found love, Calvin Harris era, where he wrote all these songs of the same palette, and then the chorus comes in, and it's so modern and so good. Actually, I, I think the chorus is amazing on it. Yeah. But she works with your man, Doctor Luke, who is horrible. Yeah. So doesn't oh, doesn't work no. with her anymore. Let's left. Let's since well, before she, yeah, yeah, she stepped away. Yeah. The other big comeback of the week is Bonnie Bear <laughs> back with two tracks. Here's one of them. Hey Ma, in which uh, Justin Vernon is trying to get the attention of a matriarchal figure. Uh, apparently, <laughs> his mother. <laughs> apparently, uh, these songs debuted at All Points East Festival in the UK. I was talking to my mate Lucy Foster, who's a previous guest of the show, great mm. photographer, and she was there at the festival. Uh, and she said that at the end of the set, after playing Holocene, they said, "We're now going to play two new tracks that we have on the upcoming album. Hope you guys enjoy it." Then they walked off stage played the two tracks no lyric way. video on the big screen and that was it yeah weird they didn't play them live that was advertised though as part of the festival that it would be a video performance at the end of it so I'd kind of like that to be honest I like the video that's yeah. kind of cool yeah, take yeah, you yeah. down it's into it yeah. that's good yeah. I think yeah. it's good because what they're doing is like he hasn't I know from what you know it it's as like well, putting a it? listening party into a festival yeah and you put an album together and then you figure out how you're going to play it live I'd say he's just probably finished the album the singles <laughs> are going out and they're only working out how to play it live so why do a terrible version of it and everybody says oh that's not a great song let people absorb it and yeah. the video is quite nice it's like these uh, old uh, family shots on yeah, home yeah. VCR so I think that works quite nicely now I will, I will say in terms of like trying to figure out how to write it live it is a very very Bonnie Vare song the first one it's very yeah the yeah. first one in particular is very oh, they both like, are the second sound very much like you would expect a Bonnie Vare single yeah. Yeah. Like, and they're both very similar uh, I'll say this they're more in keeping with probably album number two than album number three True. Uh, yeah there's some flourishes of like the vocal stuff from the last album but it's yeah. more kind of traditional well not quite quite, you know, debut album traditional, yeah. but it's back to some of that maybe safer sound, I guess. Which I think is okay. I find that with Bonnie Iver, who I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, saw them live once. It was like a full-man performance, two drummers, which was fucking... Oh, yeah, of course, saw them, saw them the second time. I've been through when it was Torrential Rain and it was miserable, oh, yeah, that and I left before the end. Um, I'm a, it's kind of like a national thing. Obviously, they are kind of bedfellows these days, and like that's okay. I mean, I'll take a new Bonnie Iver album every few years because mm. it is like fucking, you know, easing yourself into a nice warm it's bath. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean... 
I don't demand too much. I thought the last album actually was pleasantly experimental. And I, I, I love my favorite album. Yeah. Yeah, I, I some people it. didn't. I adored it. I thought it was fantastic. Right, it's the best album by many miles. It's so good. But there is a certain. Like, I thought you're fucking spot on. Of course, this is a Bonnie Bear song because it's it's that thing now. The more you get of a certain artist who has a certain kind of palette, which not a lot of other people do, yeah. that's what you're going to get. But I think still, it's the same one. no one really does it like he does. Though. Yeah. 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 Uh, let, sorry. Go ahead. No, and no, I think uh, Hey Man, like for me, was like a culmination of the other albums. It's like it combines all the sounds and the palettes of it. It's like the elements yeah, of the last yeah, album, yeah. second album, and there's parts where the first album comes in. Both so for well. me, I'm like, it's like what you said about the national. I'm like, oh, that's really nice. He's getting there, and maybe I can do one album of him just d- remaining stationary in a way, sure, like summing it up, and then the next one he needs to move it on. But the other track, you man, like, I actually don't really like it, but I feel like I'll like it more in an album. Because if he has like a lot of dense songs surrounding it, and then you have this song where he just sings on a piano with a pretty straightforward melody, it can be a refresher. He did the same yeah, thing on was, yeah. uh, the second album, um, and he also did a cover of a, an '80s pop song at the end of it. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, there's oh, like Beth- say Creek would be like the like the point in that record where yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. literally just him and the vocal exactly, and, like, and, and it this, gives like, you this cleansing brief. of a palette. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Are you so, alluding to Bet Rest, which was an original, I believe, but just sounded so '80s? No, no. Uh, Bet Rest uh, <laughs> is a no. Bet Rest has a pass, uh, what do we say earlier? Motif, a motif of an '80s pop song. And oh, he also like did, an inter- did, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, and he also did a version live where he would combine the actual song with it. And she's in the writing credits. This '80s singer, right, I can't right, think right. of Bonnie Raitt. I think is the singer. Okay. Uh, but it's uh, so I think you man like will work okay on an album. But I think it's a bit crap. Yeah, I thought like he was. I think <laughs> lyrically, maybe it says like what this was about. like for you man. Like it's very traditional. It's like almost Grand Ole Opry style thing. But I think he was almost doing a parody because mm. lyrically, definitely this one, and I think Hey Ma to an extent was like an attack on toxic masculinity. Mm. All the kind of words seem to be about like, listen, you need to change your ways, buddy, blah, blah, blah. So I think that track is like, you know, boy, howdy, aren't the like American men great, but not really kind of thing. Yeah. Our album of the week is from Skepta. It's called Ignorance is Bliss and it sounds like this. She see the free rolling trees from overseas for free That was Grease Mode from Skepta. He is back. Craig, who is Skepta? <laughs> I love that you're asking me when actually probably my most streamed grime track of all time is Big Shack of Man's <laughs> uh, But I do like Skepta and he is very much, um, he's not quite grime's godfather. He kind of came in the second wave, yeah. maybe in kind of 15 years or the so nice, ago. The nice uncle. Yeah, and he was initially the kind of... Um, he like, that, yeah. it was, <laughs> He was a real prodigy, you know, he's kind of playful, um, he's very quick-witted, he's got a great flow, um, and he was, you know, he, I think he took the lights of um, Stormzy under his wing. Um, he went through a period in the middle of his career to date where he was kind of embracing American sounds and not quite selling out, but also betraying his roots to a certain extent. Mm. Um, 
and then he came back kind of recognized that wasn't who he was um and the culmination of his kind of i guess victory lap or him taking control of his identity and really kind of leading the charge for grime was kenichiwa which won the mercury prize so this is the follow-up yeah, for me, uh, yeah, I don't really like the album, to be honest. I, like, I'm, uh, I got into Grime. that. My, my, <laughs> nice my uncle. Brother, no, my, uh, my brother was a massive Grime fan when we were younger, so it was around the house all the time. And I think there's like a few things on it. It it feels like he's moving back to this American thing. He started hanging out with Drake. The first two songs sound like they could be on an ASAP Rocky album. He has a guy, uh, Nephi Smalls, doing a ripoff of Sway Lee on the second track. The production on the feature vocals is terrible. They all don't fit with the production of the existing songs. So it's way more hip-hop. And then he has a line as a like 37-year-old man where he says, slaps like Ike. And I'm like... Ike Turner, you're, yeah, yeah, and it's like, you're 37 years of age, dude. Like you, can't, you wouldn't say that to your female friends. And it just feels a bit dead. And when there's so many artists like Slow Tie and Jay, who's, who's, who has a, an amazing feature on this, uh, Dave, Stormzy, Yizzy, like Maxa, who are all incredible at the moment, it just sounds a bit static. It sounds like oh, I've run out of ideas, so I'm going to try Americanize it again. And I'm like, the last album was so powerful. This just has fallen flat for me. I don't yeah, like it. it is quite safe sounding. And he's lost, like he doesn't this time out have that kind of strong narrative of like, this is Grimes moment and I'm going to make it happen yeah. for the whole like, almost scene. like a history lesson or like yeah. a victory exactly. lap for Grimes Welcome itself. Welcome back to the fold. Yeah, yeah. And then he sampled Sophie Ellis Baxter on this, which <laughs> is just embarrassing for everybody involved. Like, <laughs> that was like, really shocking when that kind of comes along yeah. kind of in like I guess this, the fucking... second act of the album like the poshest banger of all time but it has no place on a garage <laughs> or grime record it has nothing to do with this album though. I think that one of the interesting things about Skepta um, is the fact that like he's at this like massive massive level at the moment and is like an incredible rapper but the thing that people seem to not realise a lot of the time is that like he produces the stuff himself Yeah. so he's his own producer which means that like one of the biggest problems that I have with this record is that there's not enough variety like it almost never speeds up or never slows down and says the exact same the whole way through um, now he obviously he one of the good things about him being a producer is he has a very unique style you know he, he keeps this very like 8-bit video game motif yeah. around the sides yeah. his drum sounds sound a lot different now he's done a little bit of differences in certain places here but at the end of the day it's like variety is the, is the big main issue and then the second issue as you said was that basically he doesn't really have much to write about he's a 36 year old dude there's that fucking track where he's like what is the what is the song where he um, I think it's uh, I think it's Same Old Story Same Old Story is a love song about like being a broke up it sounds like it was written by a 16 year old like yeah, he yeah. doesn't seem to like is it's, that where he's like, like yeah but I hope she doesn't want to Come home like it's like my love life, my like, love, like, like, like a Mari. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah. like oh, well, we she wouldn't text me back. Like, like what the fuck are you yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about? You're 37 years old. Which, you have like, a kid on, now. That can be endearing. People have yeah, relationship problems when like, they're 30s. Yeah, but like you know, but you're 37. You're supposed to have a, a slightly better understanding of how life works in terms of like relationships and stuff. Exactly. It just seemed so especially like, when immature, there's like, a reference to his kid as how he basically kind of intimates that not getting enough time to see his kid, and when he gets to see his kid, like that's the most incredible sight. Because he came and dad last. Year and it's yeah. like a big change but funny the production on Same Old Story is probably one of the better one of the stronger tracks ones, and yeah. that's one of the co-production tracks so he has like five co-production tracks I was really surprised I mean like when you compare it directly to Konnichiwa in as much as this is such a step down in almost every department and 
it became apparent to me fairly quickly and was definitely confirmed by the fourth or fifth listen that I knew where everything was going to go. I knew where every track was going to go. I knew that his cadence and his flow would be the exact same on every single track. And also, I was just really disappointed by it, and you guys have absolutely alluded to it and absolutely called it out. I was just really surprised by how braggadocious it is. I was just kind of like, oh, like I'm at a party and and your girl's on her knees. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, man. I mean, like, and then that crops up again, like track five, where it's like about stealing someone's girl and blah, blah, blah. And it it was very stuck in the genre of grime because you have to do that. Extremely reductive, and I'm not saying like, oh my god, like you know, grime and hip hop and 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 rap must all fall in line and now be incredibly you know safe and tame and no I think longer. But there's a yeah. way of doing it. There's an intelligence that you can yeah. do and nuance. And he a, does a that times. Dexterity. Like at his be- best, he does. No, look, 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 he's, he's, yeah. he's clearly like extremely talented, and that cadence and that flow is very very good. But ultimately, he boxed himself in. I think I think he managed to create a world in as much as the aesthetic. Even if you look at the album cover, which is pretty striking, mm. and as the production goes, yeah, I mean, like it's 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 in some places it's immaculate. Like it's, sometimes you just like wow, this is like really incredible. But ultimately, it's like a script for a film that doesn't have a fucking second. Yeah, like go act. back a week and listen to Slow Ties album, and it's also in grime and it references the same things like in terms of the 8-bit tunes because that's where it all comes from Esky beat music by uh, Wiley and but hmm. he's completely missed a point he's like focusing on these like catch lines but no substance and there's so many other artists doing it so much better that he has to bring a different perspective and he doesn't do it like he could come at this from an elder statesman kind of point of view like Jay-Z on 444 uh, but he just instead just tries to like mimic them and that's embarrassing you mentioned yeah. the Sway Lee kind of thing earlier on which I like I, I got kind of Travis Scott vibes at places as well and I came back to Astro World and how once again that was an amazing exercise in world building and atmosphere but not much going on beneath it this was quite similar and it felt even more kind of boxed in which to be fair I think Skepta is very good at doing the boxed in thing. I think I think he wants his records to be claustrophobic and to be a bit difficult to listen to. And you know, like it's not all rays of sunshine. He remains a compelling performer and a compelling or- like orator. But at the same time, and I'm finding this so often lately, particularly in music, it's always been there in film and TV, but in music especially, your fucking script, your narrative has to be good. It has to be interesting. You got to give me the hooks. You got to give me character twists and turns. And again, coming off a record that was really quite like three dimensional, this was one dimensional. Yeah, I guess like when he's now king of all he surveys, like he's literally a chief in the Nigerian village where his family's <laughs> from. Um, he's lost <laughs> that kind of hunger where like Skepta at his best was every, you know, against the all underdog, odds. Right? I'm yeah, the, yeah. Underdog. Always the underdog. I'm just like more clever than the guys on top. I'm going to get to the top. And now he's there. He's like he talks about in the first song, which I think is the standout because like I really yeah, like. Yeah. I think he's and the beats on that is probably the strongest. Yeah, in my and opinion. I think he's got kind of interesting stuff to say about family and kind of di- different generations and what he means in terms of the kind of lineage of where he comes from. <laughs> but he has that line where he's just like, I can't play the victim. Like I'm in this position where I could give you the kind of sob story about my dad wasn't there for me, blah blah blah. But he kind of got me here. Yeah, yeah. and then you're kind of like, yeah, that's a point but also give me a bit more than this like the title Ignorance is Bliss I thought he was going to undercut that and like it was a total kind of switch, the old switcheroo yeah, yeah. but it turns out that he's just going to act kind of ignorant and be happy about yeah, it yeah. like yeah yeah, no, that's really all I have to say. <laughs> I don't think it's that like uh, good. I just think there's like uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty devoid of it. And I, it's funny you mentioned thing about the production and every song that we've said we like, he has a co-production credit on it. Mm. And I have a funny feeling the co-production is literally like him saying, "If you want to produce on my album, I want a co-production credit on it because mm. they don't sound like tracks he's produced." Yeah. So I mean, I, like it, it puts an interesting question into grime. You know, like I mean, I think the new the new era of grime, a lot of it is down to like almost like a political statement thing like you think about like say Stormzy some of his most powerful moments like when he was at that award show and he was like he is able because he has a platform 
and speaking for a certain like bracket of people like he is able to make political statements that are like really really powerful yeah. but like Skepta is really well known for like if anyone starts asking him about politics stuff he puts his hands literally in his ears yeah, it was yes. a meme and, like, last year and so yeah good. and like won't like won't like uh, like uh, like answer it basically so like where is he at with grime like i mean what more does he have to say he's do- like konnichiwa is like an incredible album where he's like this is like a history lesson and i'm like i'm like 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 giving a nod to the greats putting people on here who might not necessarily be the biggest rappers yeah. in the world but are like massively important but for me like i don't know this this record is a really weird one because he doesn't really even seem to have a grasp on relationships and being a father and stuff to make that a genuinely it's a interesting it's a flex left. and like, ultimately quite a self-indulgent yeah. one and it commits the biggest crime in music to me which is it's not that long of an album in minutes but boy did i feel it mm. five out of ten I mean, like, I think, like, at the end of the day, grime is fun to listen to. You can just, like, listen to... to that's, that's why I'm I, giving it a 10. Put, no, 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 I was going to say, put that on a poster. poster. <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> grime, is, grime is fun to listen it's to. It's actually genuine. Like, a, you could throw on these tracks and, like, bop around. That's what I was doing all week. It's like, I don't know, but it's not an important album. It's not important for grime. It's not important for music in general. So, for me, it's a 6. I would go five as well, yeah. Mm. There's moments he'll always have kind of flashes of brilliance, but it feels like if Kanichiwa was the summation of like the history of Grime and how important he was, this feels like, oh, the next chapter... Like, has he, he written won't... himself out of it? I think he has, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he has. Yeah, I think a four out of ten, yeah. Oh, wow. Fair enough. All okay, right. so this episode of No Encore was engineered by Sonic Architect Eve Murray. In the other listening corner this week, I have been listening to Denzel Curry's album. It's called Zoo. Follows up Tattoo from last year. Yeah. He's playing the Helix of all places. My the old, Helix. My old college stomping ground in December. Very exciting. Uh, is the record good? The record's great. It Man. feels like it's his moment. It feels like this is he is now uh, stepping up and will be mainstream recognized and has also managed to kind of... I mean, I can't confess to knowing him terribly well before this. Uh, Brother Josh, who was in Norway with us, has sent me the odd track, uh, I think, last year or so. And I kind of liked it, but then put it to one side, as one often does, uh, if you're not... We reviewed one of the singles a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Ricky, which is one of my songs of the year, uh, Mm -hmm. about his brother. And, yeah, this is a nice 29-minute lean epic, which is always good. And unlike the Skepta record, it flies by. The last track, by the way, uh, has serious uh, horror vibes off it, which I really, really enjoyed. There's some serious kind of industrial punch to this, which is not surprising if you see his amazing cover of Rage Against the Machine's Bulls on Parade that he did for Like a Version recently. Guy's a star. Dude is a fucking star, and from start to finish, I'm with him, and I'm very, very interested. And also, to be fair, it manages to do that thing. It does have those tropes. It does have those things we've heard a million times before, but there does seem to be a heart in there. There seems to be uh, life under the collar, and I've learned lessons, and I'm learning them, and I'm making my mistakes, and here are my mistakes. While also, backed up by this incredibly uh, propulsive production, uh, even the fucking skits are good. Like, yeah, yeah, the dude's a fucking star, and I'm on board. Craig. Jay Paul, come on! Like seriously, he's back. <laughs> he's you know he's he's burial yeah, if yeah. burial was fair, like Prince as a performer. Well. He's yeah, James yeah. Blake if he had like D'Angelo sensuality. He's just yeah. Okay, okay, all right. Let's he's just, amazing. Yeah, let's just calm down. <laughs> yeah, I think for me it was two things. Just funnily enough, it was new burial track and then the uh, just actually very good. I did listen. Yeah, to that. Yeah, pretty yeah. pretty good, good except for the vocal sample. I hate, but it's like a Sugar Babes track or something. But then the uh, Junior Brother album is incredible. Yeah, I to do a remix it. of it. So. Fantastic. Um, I've been listening to a lot of um, uh, scores recently for different things, uh, like expectedly from last week's podcast. Um, I've been listening a lot to the Chernobyl um, soundtrack, which is up on Spotify at the moment, which is the TV series, the miniseries from HBO. Uh, Not only is the, the TV series absolutely excellent, the music in that 
TV series is just absolutely incredible. The closest thing I would like compare it to would be like the tracks from Arrival. You know, Arrival, the film yes. Arrival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These beautiful, almost like metallic sounding orchestra stuff, and has like these really intense, like almost out of tune synthy stuff, almost Blade Runner esque in parts and yeah, stuff. Incredible. Really, really worth a listen. Just on its own, um, it is my favorite score album since um, Suspiria. There was some beautiful music in the Deadwood movie that I watched there yesterday. Hmm. Uh, the TV movie that comes back to kind of conclude the show. Uh-huh. And uh, while not perfect as a like as a movie, but as a comeback, it was absolutely fantastic. If you're a fan of the show, it's a wonderful love letter, a way of saying goodbye. To also go back to last week's episode really quick, one thing I will say is I have been mainlining Kieran Birch's uh, Endgame trailer. Oh, really? Thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just uh, can, type you, stuff can you get him to send us like an MP3 of this? Yeah, thing, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's fucking fantastic and I do get a little bit of goose from it especially after <laughs> to be fair and um, once one more time because i've said it a million times but i'll say it again you fucking killed it last week thank you, you did very an incredible much. thing yeah, i want to do more of it and i especially loved the moment when you and him went through the trailer together very very song exploder style i thought that was absolutely fantastic yeah yeah, yeah. so well, yeah. it's just amazing hearing like the actual formula for that stuff and now every single trailer that i listen to i'm Follows like it, yeah. he's he's right he's right <laughs> that kieran birch guy he's correct <laughs> he's one to watch okay sean thank you so much for coming in man thanks for having yeah, me yeah thank you for on the show uh play us out this week Dahi, who we got? Um, we have uh, myself <laughs> and Kovina <laughs> have very, very close links with this producer, uh, Sacred Animals. Uh, Darren Nolan is his name. He's a very well-known mixing engineer from Ireland who has helped us both with both of our records. He's an absolutely incredible... Uh, you might have heard Sacred Animals. He had an EP a couple of years ago, which was absolutely incredible. Kind it's of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it was really, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like, it's so, so good. I remember he did a show a couple of years afterwards in um, the Pav in Cork. And this was like a couple of years after the EP came out. He hadn't played in ages. And I realized that while he was playing, I knew every single word, even though I hadn't listened to it in about like a year and a half. Right, right. And it is just absolutely incredible. This is a new record and he's been kind of teasing this stuff to us, I presume, for yeah. the last while. He has an album coming out very soon. This is called My Eliminal um, and he's just one of the best producers in the country. Absolutely Amazing. Yeah, it's a great tune. Also, to note, we're playing the radio edit. There's a longer version available as well on Spotify, mm-hmm. Bandcamp, etc. Well worth checking out. Really invented music that I greatly, greatly enjoyed to hear. And I hope you will too. My name is David William Hanready. This has been a Wancore. There will be a Wancore back very, 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 very soon.
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.